Welcome to the Island Podcast. I'm Olivier Legris, your host from the Island. This is the first episode of our summer series. Welcome to the inaugural episode of our two-part series, delving into the world of conceptual artists and their impact on contemporary generative artists. Sébastien Montabonel, CEO of the Island, will be our guest alongside some excerpts from a conversation we had with Tyler Hobbs a few months ago. Sébastien, could you please provide us with some contextual background? We'd love for you to set the scene and introduce us to influential artists such as Sol Lewitt. So in the 50s and the 60s, before talking to Sol Lewitt, you have this whole generation of new artists that come on the scene and decide to, re to react against uh, what at the time mainly it's everywhere it's abstract expressionism so think of uh, Pollock, Cy Twombly uh, the Kooning and everything is about crafts and these new kids start to react very strongly and think it's absolutely rubbish and it's going nowhere and and one of these artists will be uh, Sol Lewitz and um, Sol Lewitz gonna you know and this generative art but in reality is so small that almost nobody heard of. And Sol Lewitt in 1967 is going to write the Manifesto for Conceptual Arts. And the idea of uh, conceptual arts is, is to create a set of instructions. So the artwork, there is almost the end of the artist is inexistent. It's not there. And, and basically, they're going to find a system to create the arts. So, so that's really where, where it starts. And... Um, I'm going to read um, this one for Lewitt. So, so Lewitt. The idea becomes a machine that makes the art. The serial artists do not attempt to produce a beautiful or impressive object, but function merely as a clerk, cataloging the results of the premise. So what we see now with this new generation, and mainly with Tyler, is that now it's the idea that feeds the machine that makes the art, and the blockchain is the clerk cataloging. And, and and this is at the beginning for me that was difficult to put my head around, but when you see it, it's it's a bit of a eureka moment, and uh, yeah, and that's why Tyler is leading that movement, and that was really important. Well, well, it's not accurate to label contemporary generative artists as direct successor of Sir Lewitt and his contemporaries. There are undeniable connection and influence between the two. Contemporary generative artists have been inspired by the conceptual approach and ideas put forth by artists like Solewit, but they have also developed their own unique artistic practice and technique. Yeah, no, they, that's exactly what, what it is, and and that's why it is interesting. Again, you know, if there was to redo what the sixties done, I mean, uh, yeah, that, that would have been pointless. But now we we're going somewhere. Personally, I think at the beginning. That was mainly a brainy things. The end result was not interesting. And I'm talking about the JPEG, even if it's recording on the blockchain. But now with dynamic NFTs and, you know, artificial intelligence, we, we are really pushing boundaries and going into new dimension. And for someone that comes from the contemporary art world, this is now start to get really, really interesting. And, uh, and all this, even if uh, Lewitt played a uh, a pivotal role in the radical move from a canvas uh, to support special, spatial environment that occurred in the late 60s, I think now that's what we're going to see. 
And the same, and I think we have a similar moment where in the 60s, like I say, with abstract expressionism, it's going into a circle. Contemporary art is going into a circle at the moment. And this new breed of artists that we were, to be honest, laughing at a bit from uh, when you were coming from the contemporary art world might uh, be the biggest revolution that we have in the last uh, 20 to 30 years. One thing people may not know is that it took a long time for those conceptual artists to get to commercial success. The nature of their work, which often prioritizes ideas and concepts over tangible objects, presented a departure from traditional art market convention, no? Yeah, I mean, if we take someone like Sol Lewitt, Carl Andre, Fred Sandbach, Donald Judd, Dan Flavin, what we're going to call the minimalist and conceptual art from the East Coast in America, it's for sure that... Um, They had a very tight uh, end of the month. <laughs> It was not uh, super successful. Mainly their career started in Europe, uh, a lot around Dusseldorf with a gallery called Conrad Fischer and uh, another gallery called Einer Frederick. And really there were two collectors, except these two collectors were buying everything. But you have to remember that the work of art at the time was like the equivalent of 200 or 250 pounds, like 300 bucks. So, uh, you know, that was different. But in the US, their success really came in the late 70s, early 80s. Before this, that was a bit uh, a lonely ride. What bridge could we make between instruction from conceptual artists and algorithm from generative artists? I think so Lewitt, you know, when you look, especially when it's, it comes to the wall drawings, there was a set of instructions. And, uh, and then he leave it to the appropriation. I think that was really important for the artists of that generation to be as far removed from the final artwork as it is possible. But there's one thing that they wanted to control. It's the, the set of instructions. And now, as we know, like we were in Paris yesterday and we were talking with, with some artists. And it's, it's extremely difficult for traditional artists to think like this. Basically, they, they want to think for six months, one year, two years, ten years, of a work and then they like to show it when they're finally happy with it and and basically they want to be in total control and artists like Sol Lewitt or Tyler Hobbs or generative artists they, they, they leave rooms they are, they are not in total control they are in control of the input the set of um, parameters they can put in but at the end there is room for participation sometimes from the audience or from the owner of the works and sometimes for random errors. And sometimes these errors often make the work. And, uh, and for an artist, it's extremely difficult to go in that uh, space, in that mindset. Talking about mindset, we are going to listen to Taylor Hobbs and the influence Sol Lewitt had on his practice. Some of the aspects of his work really do echo in mine. I think he paid a lot of attention to, to the power of repetition and its ability to introduce rhythm and harmony. So even with really simple forms, if you're able to, to repeat them in an interesting way, that really creates like a structure and a rhythm uh, within the work. And so I've absolutely utilized uh, similar approaches. I think some of the ways that his systems are, are very well designed, or, or it's actually kind of subtle, but he has some of his wall drawings where, this is an example of one. So the instructions say something like, Uh, draw a curved line across the top of the wall. And then uh, the next artist needs to come along and draw another curved line 
uh, right below it, matching it as closely as they can with a different color. And then there's a third line below that and a fourth line below that with the colors changing each time. So this is very simple instructions, but if, if you continue that from the top of the wall all the way to the bottom of the wall, it introduces this kind of feedback where it becomes not just a repetition, but all of the forms in that initial curve actually sort of, they, they get amplified, they grow and they echo throughout the entire design and the entire wall. So it's a very clever process and system because it actually allows for um, this really unexpected element to to emerge naturally just by following a really simple rule set. And that's the kind of um, really special outcome that that I look for in generative arts. Uh, I'm able to work with, you know, much more powerful tools in, in, in a certain way. And so I'm able to kind of take that a lot further. But I think Solowit was really good at finding those very, very simple, clear ways to capture some of that magic. Tyler was talking that now he has more powerful tools. But what do you think Solowit will have done with the current technology, including non-fungible token? It's difficult to to put uh, ourselves inside their shoes, but I think for Solewit, for sure, the set of instruction will be the token. However, the difference between uh, Solewit and some of the generative artists, uh, Tyler Hobbs on the side, is that um, the, the realization of the work in a spatial environment was really important. So they were not made for the screens. There was this idea of challenging sculptures, uh, challenging installations, challenging painting. So the realization, the work in a physical environment was really important. The set of instruction, would you say we could see this as early algorithm? Not really. I mean, they were really using mathematics but in a very radical and hardcore way. I think at the beginning in the 60s, There were basics, uh, there was a total refusal of colors, so they were mainly monochromatic work, black or white. Then after a while, uh, after a while when it gets repetitive, they start using primary colors to do primary shapes. And then really 90s, in the late 90s, you can see all these artists having gone around the question, starting to go a bit more fluid uh, using a different or wider set of uh, color palettes. Uh, but at the beginning, no, it's very hard. It's very, it's very straight, hardcore, radical. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for listening until the end of this Island podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, the Island underscore IO, and on our website, theisland.io. See you next time.